Happy Easter. You all look fabulous. Colorful. A few hats. Look terrific. Easter's a little complicated for those of us that come together and agree to sit next to people and work out our differences in what we believe. Because we do have some here at Hope Church who would call themselves Christian, and this is an incredibly important day for them, not just because we are of this culture that celebrates Easter, but the Easter story has deep meaning to them. Someone came through the line uh, last Sunday and said, that was lovely, but you know, I talked about Passover, but you know it was Palm Sunday. (laughs) Yes. So the struggle for us as cultural Christians in this city, nation, state is that it's Easter. And those of us who are comfortable with that story find something to celebrate. And those of us who may go, huh, this is a confusing time. I'll just talk about spring and spring colors. But that's what we're tasked to do, those of us who agreed to come here and sit next to each other. I'll look away if you want to move away from your neighbor. (laughs) But we've agreed to, to ask each other, so why do you believe that way? Here's how I make sense of the world. That's the work of what it means to be bound together in love and respectful of the fact that we're all on this path And uh, the path is not linear. We talk about this a lot. It's the cha-cha-cha. And there are some who've come here, devoted humanists, and have thought, oh, there's actually more in some of the religions than I gave credit for. So it's a cha-cha-cha, what we do here. Um, But what I want to do is talk about the Easter story that Paula read which is the original documentation writing down of the end of the life of Jesus. Now what's interesting is that group of people who were following this amazing teacher who was pushing against the Roman Empire and saying things do not have to be the way they are, the, and this will all resonate, the economic disparity, the use of military might, the disparity in um, rights and the ability to feed the hungry, to accept those who are different into a community. Those who are following that teacher, rabbi, didn't originally write down the story of Jesus, and the first writings that that community came up with were letters. They weren't at all, they weren't relying on the biography of Jesus, which is now what we think of. That came much later. So this Gospel of Mark that begins is an innovative way for a religious community 
to come together, which is to tell the story of their teacher. Before that, they were gathering and singing hymns that were familiar from their Hebrew tradition and telling, retelling some of Jesus' sayings. But it was much later that they began to tell the story of Jesus' life. And I love the Gospel of Mark. It's the first one that does this because it is such a non-Hollywood ending. The part that Paula read, there's an empty tomb. Women have come. We'll talk about all that in a minute. But women have come and they see uh, an angel in white who says... He's not here. This scares the hooey out of them. It would me. And they run away. And that's where the story ends. There are actually other versions of Mark that people tack on just the way Hollywood directors and writers may do. They probably tested the story with their congregations and found, oh, that's really unsatisfying if that's where it ends. Let's add a little more. And then Mark, Matthew and Luke and John add a whole lot more. Literally, Jesus comes back and they describe it and people doubt him and uh, doubting Thomas has to physically feel him. I'm so sympathetic to him. Yes, you really hear? But the early, and they aren't Christians yet, the early followers of Jesus, let's call them that, I want us to try and imagine what it felt like to have your teacher killed by the state and you're thinking, what do I do next? And so embedded in that lovely non-ending ending, unsatisfying to us who like happy endings story, is this poignant portrayal of the three women. So one of them is is Jesus' mother, and two followers who are doing what humans have done since the beginning of time when someone dies. And that is, how do I make sense of this event that has completely knocked me off my feet? The world has changed, and I'm still here. What, what do I do? How do I make sense of that? And it's in part why religious traditions exist, because what kicks in is this ritual that that tells you what what the next step should be, that you go to the grave and you take spices because the body is decaying and you want to honor the dead, so you gather the spices. So they are doing what you do in grief, which is taking the next step, even though you're completely off balance and have don't want to get out of bed or do anything. So it's this pure depiction of what we do when we grieve. The world doesn't make sense, and we do things out of the ordinary, which is go to a gravesite and try to make sense of what just happened. So this is Jesus' mother who's trying to make sense of his death. And we hear about the apostles, but there were men and women. It wasn't just male disciples. 
following Jesus. It was families, it was women, it was children. So before we get to move on to Easter, I want us to imagine what it felt like, because I know we all have had losses of some kind in our lives. That's just what it means to be human. So, did everyone get an egg? If you didn't, we have extras. Because grief has its sweet moments. Who didn't get an egg? I'll let you come get them. How's that? Inside is chocolate. What would Easter be without this mashup of um, the German goddess, pagan goddess of fertility, uh, celebrating Easter and eggs and turning it into a children's festival with chocolate. Yes, I love how we turn every holiday into chocolate. (laughs) We do many things right. But this piece of paper, so here's what I'd like for us to do. I want us to know how Jesus' mother felt, his followers felt by this inexplicable turn of events that someone they revered and admired was killed. Now, we all don't have that experience in our life, but we have all lost, so I'm going to start naming, we have all lost parents and grandparents, children, as we should not have lost children. Or maybe you've lost a job. You, had, you were so clear where you were headed. So this is about knowing what your future was going to be. They knew that this leader was taking them somewhere. This teacher had things to teach them. And he was only 33. He was a baby. Excuse me, all those who are under 20. And they had this vision. We're going we're gonna to change the world. And this man has so much to teach us. And we've become this tight-knit community and he's been taken away so this is at that moment when they're like what are we going to do so I want you what I want you to write for yourself but we're going to share them so I'll, I'll explain I want you to write on this piece of paper something you have lost and long to have back, long to have returned. What have you lost? I think about my own I'm getting up in ages youth, oh what it would be to be 33 again or those who struggle with mobility or chronic pain. What have you lost that you long long to have returned? Chris, I didn't ask you this, but do you mind just a minute or two of writing music while people write? If you need pens or pencils, we've got things for people to write with. What have you lost that you long to have back?
Thank you for your willingness. The chocolate is to make that memory a little sweeter. And if you are not eating chocolate these days for any variety of reasons, share them. (laughs) I know some people who might like my chocolate. I know you. So here's the work of what it means to be a community sitting side by side with someone who may think, feel, have different experiences than you. At the same time, they are just like you and have experienced loss and change. And what I admire about the, what became the Christian community is their extraordinary imagination and how they turned this incredible tragedy that could have brought a complete halt to their work and actually has made it a worldwide 2,000-year-old tradition that goes on and on and on. They are an example of what it means to reframe your tragedy. And here's, so here's how hope works. Hope can be incredibly damaging in the sense that you hope for something. Maybe you hope for this loss to, to be the same, it, uh, to, for the world to be the same as it always was. And how hope works is you begin to reframe what you've lost. So I may not be the same person who was able to do things like I used to when I was 33, but I have found other ways to be, to keep following what I valued, to be active or to continue learning or I'm thinking about what happens when you get that diagnosis that you dread. I thought I was going to live another 10 years and oh, I just found out from my doctor's office that that's not the case. I only have five more weeks. Where does hope go there? You have to reframe, okay. (laughs) What I hope for is now not 10 years more of an active, vital life, but to make those five weeks the richest, to reach out to those I love. Whatever it is you need to do, Or you were planning to retire with this spouse who healed over unexpectedly. I was just with a friend, and it was one of those beautiful, glorious days, but the household had that, her husband had just unexpectedly died, and it had that weird beauty emptiness, and she's having to reframe the fact that she's left behind. And it doesn't happen instantly. But the work we do as a community is sit, with each, is sit with each other with these losses. And what I'd like for us to do, if you are willing, is to put your loss back in the basket. If you've written it in such a way, you may want to rewrite it so it's not quite so revealing or... Or just know that whoever, what we're going to do is when you leave, you're going to take someone else's loss. You mind 
walking around and getting them for me? Mind if I pick on you, Shade? Because that's the work we have to do. We have to reframe our losses. And reading someone else's loss allows you to develop a compassion and go, oh my, I thought my loss was big. Look at this. Or, oh my, look at this loss. I dealt with that. And here's what I did. You know, I'm actually stronger. I've, I've made some progress. It gives us a chance to see that we are a community gathered in loss and also a community that believes in the possibility if we're going to use this Easter language of resurrection, the resurrection of possibilities, the resurrection of different steps from that loss, to use our imagination the way the Hebrews, ultimately Christians, have transformed the dreadful murder of their leader. So that's my hope for us for Easter. That we understand the depth of loss that this resurrection and joy grows out of. And that it takes time to get there. So the Gospel of Mark That was written at least 70 years after Jesus was murdered. So we're going to share our losses, take them home, be grateful that it's not our loss, and enjoy the spring and the resurrection and Easter. May it be so.